The meeting will come to order. We are now holding a meeting of the Port of Astoria. May we have the roll call, please? Commissioner McLean? Present. Commissioner Spence? Present. Commissioner Campbell? Here. Commissioner Stevens? Here. Commissioner Rome? Here. Would you please join me for the flag salute? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our first item on the agenda are uh, commissioner reports, and I'm going to start today. Um, last Tuesday, I met with Fritz Graham, a senior staff member for Senator Wyden. It's my hope to reestablish a relationship that will create opportunities for future collaboration. I wanted to be sensitive to determining what issues would be of common interest that we could move forward together on. I hope we can follow up on those conversations. Also, last Tuesday, I met with George Dunkel from Special Districts Association of Oregon. We discussed the executive director position at the Port of Astoria. The commission has a large degree of latitude on how we wish to proceed in this process. In light of the solid performance of our current acting executive director, it may be that the best course of action for the Port of Astoria is to allow a longer period of time to pass for further evaluation and consideration of our acting executive director to fill that role on a more permanent basis. As a result of further discussions with the Special Districts of Oregon, I would pro propose to the Commission that we delay our current timeline of events until December. In December, Special Districts of Oregon could conduct a 360-degree evaluation with our Commission, staff, stakeholder, and stakeholders, and acting executive director before proceeding through the process of hiring a permanent executive director. Insofar as we are not taking any action at this point, I believe a consensus of our commission to take no action until December would be adequate. At that point, we could still exercise the option of further solicitation if all parties are not satisfied. I would emphasize we would maintain our working relationship with Special Districts of Oregon through this process. So at this point, I would like to pull the commission for the sake of attaining a consensus to wait until December before taking any further action. And uh, with that, if, uh, if you're in favor of waiting until December, uh, Robert Stevens? I concur. Frank Spence? I'm concerned about the uh, dual functions that uh, Will is undertaking now continuously as a finance director and interim director uh, by not going forward uh, I see it as an additional um, burden on him, although uh, I too feel that he's done uh, an outstanding job on the interim uh, part. Uh, I have no problem of uh, delaying uh, the recruitment. My original concept was, uh, which I've seen uh, locally uh, with other cities' recruitment that uh, uh, even uh, with the in-house interest, uh, they still went out and solicited to see what's out there 
and uh, have the uh, in-house person uh, apply or be considered also. So uh, to me, that option is still open, uh, even though uh, at this point we would uh, delay uh, moving forward uh, officially uh, on a serious uh, recruitment effort. So I have no problem uh, delaying uh, our effort. I've had a lot of lengthy conversations with a, a very wide variety of people before coming to the conclusion that I shared with the Commission. In regards to your concerns, uh, currently we have a contract with Will Isom through, I believe, December um, to perform the functions that he's agreed to perform going forward. At that point, should that become a permanent status, then we would have to address the concerns that you raised in the, inter in the interim. He's been able to use contract labor to help meet some of those obligations, but in the long run, long term, we may have to revisit that. Right, and he should feel free uh, to solicit any additional help outside contractually or, or reassignment of personnel that he feels that he, uh, he would need. So, um, Jim Campbell, I concur with you. I uh, have observed. Uh, Will in the last month or so since he's been in that position and I'm extremely impressed by the way he's performing and and I think that'd be a wise decision. Thank you. Scott McLean. Well I have not ex directly observed Will uh, given him latitude to do what he does. Uh, I do concur with the statements of the delay would not inhibit us of casting a net, but in-house recruitment is, in my mind, a good thing to, to have. Uh, so I have no, uh, no disagreement with your statement of Lena. Yeah, and I wanna emphasize we'll maintain our working relationship with Special Districts of Oregon uh, and also that um, a 360 evaluation, which is something that we were working on um, prior to Will become, becoming the working executive director, which is a, a great way of, of evaluating both the commission, the staff, and the stakeholders of the port. So we, we get a, uh, a very thorough, um, we'll have a thorough process, so there won't be any rush decisions. But. Uh, since we have consensus at this stage, then we'll take no action until December. Um, with that, we're still in commissioner reports. Um, Robert Stevens. I did discuss the uh, application for the Finance Committee and Budget Committee with an uh, interested applicant. The uh, applicant ended up not interested in either one, but asked me how to apply for the director position. Also, I uh, regretfully have to announce that uh, yesterday at 2 a.m., Dave Phillips, a member of our budget committee, passed away. Mm -hmm. So there is another thing. That's all I have to report. Yeah. We certainly share and send our sympathies to the family and friends. Um, Frank Spence. Uh, just to announce to the uh, public that uh, we ha now have an official application blank for those interested in applying for a position on the um, Standing Finance Committee. 
and those applications are over there and uh, we'll be distributing uh, them and uh, interested applicants can fill it out and uh, they are to be returned uh, to uh, President Roan. That's all I have. Or to the port office. Uh, Jim Campbell. I'm going to pass for now. Scott McLean. I have nothing to report. And I'll hold my breath. That's all. Excellent choice. Uh, with that, public comment. Uh, this is an opportunity to speak to the commission for three minutes regarding any item on the agenda. Those wishing to speak must fill out a public comment form. Point of order. Change this addition to agenda. Okay. You win. Point accepted. Are there any changes or additions to the agenda? Seeing none, we'll move to the public comment. We have one public comment, but they wish to speak at a later time, and I think that's a reasonable request. <coughs> um, with that, we'll move on to the consent calendar. We have the meeting minutes of August 20th and the event calendar for September 2019. Is there a motion to accept the consent calendar? So move. Second. second. It's been moved and seconded to approve the consent calendar. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, the consent calendar is approved. Um, moving on to action items, uh, I'll turn it over to the executive director for the ILWU 50 collective bargaining agreement. Commissioners, I'm excited to announce that Port of Astoria administration and our ILWU represented workforce have come to terms on a new collective bargaining agreement that will extend through June 30th, 2022. With the full support of Port of Astoria administration and a unanimous vote from the represented union, I'm asking the commission for a motion to approve this contract. Um, I'd like to hit a few of the, the highlights in terms of, of changes to the contract um, for the new term. The biggest one being that wage increases uh, for the new contract period um, for all represented employees will be based on the operating margin of the port. Uh, I think this is a huge win um, for, for both sides of the aisle, so to speak. Um, our current year operating margin will be compared to a three-year rolling average um, to determine wage rate increases, and those tables are within the document um, that you received. Uh, this represents a huge step forward for our organization as a whole. Uh, for the first time, the financial incentives of our union workforce will be aligned with the financial health and performance of the port. Uh, additionally, this change represents an increased level of trust between port staff and management. Um, some additional changes to the contract um, that are a little more minor um, one of them was a pay in lieu of benefits option um, for represented employees. Um, this is fairly commonplace at employers uh, where if employees are, have coverage through other means, typically through a spouse, they would have the option to opt out of medical benefits after showing proof of the secondary coverage uh, and in lieu of benefits they would receive a monthly uh, payout of $500. Um, for the benefits. Um, some other minor things that were mostly at the request of the union, including an opt-out option for coveralls. Currently, um, the port covers coveralls for all employees. 
Um, some employees aren't taking advantage of that. They're not um, wanting to wear the coveralls. And so um, part of the contract is there's an option, opt out option for that, saving the port money in an exchange. Um, we would offer them a $200 reimbursement per year um, for work-related clothing or, or safety equipment. Um, this process, although we got started a little bit late, um, Matt McGrath um, had originally started on this back in April and then obviously had left the port and so um, this ended up getting shifted through a number of different uh, admin staff and so um, by the time it, it hit my desk um, we were already a ways down the road and, and the union had requested um, several times that, that we start meeting on this and so um, although we're, we're into September now I think we did a really good job of, of fast-tracking this whole process um, and having been a part of um, one union negotiation here at the port back in 2016 um, and several others at, at the hospital and, and the Wana Mill, uh, I think that this was uh, one of the smoothest that I've seen. Um, and just currently there's a lot of stuff in the news right now with various uh, labor unions and management having trouble reaching agreements. and so. Um, I, I want to give a big thanks to not only our, our union represented staff, specifically uh, Paul Montgomery and, and Janice Burke, who were a part of this process, uh, but also representatives from the hall, Chris Conaway, who, who's here today, uh, as well as Todd Ranta and, and Rick Lottie were also a big part of this process. Um, on the admin side, we have several people that um, were key in, in getting this done. Joe Teddy, Jim Gray, Matt McGrath, Sue Tranzu. Um, as well as Ella Marion. Um, so I wanted to give a, a big thanks to everybody and, and really a shout out because um, this was one of the items in, in taking over this interim job that I was a little bit nervous about and jumping right into is, is, is this uh, contract because these can get quite contentious. And so um, I'm really happy that we were able to get this done and, and sort of a, uh, a cherry on top of the Sunday was it did pass with a unanimous vote um, of the union members. So I think that that's that's exciting news. So um, at this time, we can answer any questions or if uh, um, there's any, anybody in the crowd that would like to, to comment on, on the process or, or whatnot. Um, but at that point, um, I, I think I'm hoping to get a motion tonight and a, and a unanimous appro approval from the commission on this new contract. Uh, I would like Krishna. Um, yes, thank you. Um, with that, I'd like to ask if Chris Conway would like to come up and address the commission. Chris Conway, 637 14th Street, Astoria. Um, I was hoping to address the commission after getting approval for this contract. Well, we could do that if you prefer. Um, <laughs> I would like that. I, I think okay. this is a good contract. I would uh, encourage the commission to approve this. It shows a commitment, and you know, and a, a commitment and is commendable that they're here to support good jobs, the kind of jobs that are in their mission statement that they're they're um, you know supposed to supposed to uh, work for and work towards. So this is a continuation of that, I would, I would venture to say. And also, um, also I think that uh, the port is lucky to have such a, such a talented staff. To be honest with you, you've got people that can do dredging, 
carpentry work of, of high quality. They can fix all this equipment. They can run it. I mean, they do, they wear five or six different hats here and they do a great job doing it. This is the kind of family wage jobs that we're all looking to, we're all looking to promote and to create. Um, Joe, I think has done a great job since he's taken over the management uh, operation. I think uh, it's been real transparent been real straightforward no uh, no fuss no muss and everything's getting done and also I think uh, like to commend Will and Sue and Matt and uh, Jim Gray on the on the whole negotiation I thought that went very well <coughs> um, I thought that Will's his wage uh, metric was 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 very innovative I think that the it uh, gives everybody a stake in the game the, the maintenance you know has incentive to to make this port a better port just like we and I and local 50 are always looking to 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 further the interest in the and make this place the, the going concern that it can and should and will be and with with the help of the commission there's no reason that we can't you know turn this place around I think Will's doing a great job in in sort of detoxifying this place a little bit and, and uh, getting out of the day-to-day -day operation of lawyers you know um, getting it back to just normal people running running normal business and anyway enough said I am understanding that you should also be commended for working with the port and being sensitive to uh the challenges the port faces and and um, not throwing the port under the bus in a way we're all working together which is fairly remarkable uh, I, I will say that will and I uh, one thing I do appreciate is that we've had a couple he's come by the hall a couple times we've had some good conversations about what we both how we both see things and and what what we need to do to make this place um, going concern you know I think that uh, Mary McCarter who's here today has spoken to this to this what what is really in fact possible to 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 turn this place around and to, and and you know bring it back to the glory days of when Jim Campbell was a was a commissioner years ago but uh, it's 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 not impossible that I think that that's what the way people view this is like it's a a dead end and a, and an impossibility and I and I I will fight that to the to the end I, I do not believe that this place has a huge amount of potential and uh, it just needs the proper the proper impetus and and uh, so thank you thank you is there a motion uh, Chris I want to thank you guys for not taking about a month and a half two months negotiating this I think this is really nice. You got it over with early. We can get on with business and. Three months late. We all worked together on it. All the all the sports staff On that, I would like to make a motion that we approve this contract. Is there a second? Second. Been moved and seconded to approve the contract between the Port of Astoria and the International Longshore Shore and Warehouse Union Local 50. July 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2022. Chair, any additional discussion? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Spence. Uh, based upon my uh, 
many years uh, experience as a, a former city manager uh, and dealing with numerous uh, labor unions and contracts uh, I must say this is one of the best and most comprehensive agreements uh, that I have uh, seen uh, Will and uh, Chris have done an excellent job in representing uh, both sides a little give and take is always a is essential uh, but moving forward in good faith is, is also essential and I think we have it here we have a good relationship now and uh, I'm uh, one of the sections I certainly look at as former manager is is the management rights and uh, we retained uh, uh, sufficient management rights for uh, the administration to uh, do its job and carry it out its responsibility but again, uh, accolades uh, to both uh, for a great job and a great contract. Anyone else, Commissioner Stevens? My former life, we considered unions mutiny. Chris, thank you for standing with us in austere times. I appreciate that. Yes. You deserve a lot of credit. Will, well done. Any other additional comments? Yes. Commissioner McLean. When I was reading this, I, I initially thought of um, the port employees was under a different union, um, like ASMCP or whatever the, the city folks are. Um, I do have a question of, in the preamble, under Article 1, Section 1, recognition uh, of the different departments that are on this, it's on page 11 of your hand, of your, of your uh, package. Where my question becomes with security being part of the union, and if there's a strike, where does the loyalty of the security people work for? I'm thinking back to the steel mill days in Pittsburgh, uh, where there was a, a sit in essentially. Uh, what side of the fence are the security people are going to be on? Um, you know, are they protecting the port or are they, you know, writing against the port? Um, that, that is a concern to me. Um, I just see that as a very delicate um, enclosure. It is my understanding that those security people eligible here want out of the union. How do we maintain their loyalties for the port in the event of a conflict? So that <clears throat> very issue was something that was much talked about um, during our discussions. Currently, um, only the security manager uh, is covered under the, the union contract. Uh, the rest of the security staff um, is non-union um, and there has been talk about whether more or less of the security staff should be um, covered under the contract. There is a, a separate process um, that would need to be followed in terms of, um, of pulling additional folks out of, um, out of the union. It would involve um, both parties going through the Oregon Labor Relations Board um, in order to do that and whether that's something that comes about in the future um, I'm not sure if we did get in a situation 
um, where there um, was sort of an interruption in, in service or, or some sort of a dispute, um, we ran this through our attorneys and if that did happen, we would just seek uh, a court injunction um, and we could do that rather quickly. Um, and at that point, um, our head of security would be required um, to come back to work and fulfill um, his duties to the port. And I ask this as a son of a 60-year union plumber, so I've, I've seen the family side of that, and it, it just sort of caught my eye. Uh, I did have additional questions that I've asked staff, and they've got wonderful answers for. So I, I would like to um, press forward with this. I think it's a really good contract, well-written. Um, my initial, con my, one of my initial concerns was why is the effective date July 1st? But that was explained when you talked about that. Are there any other additional comments or questions? Seeing none, we'll proceed to the vote. All those in favor, say aye. 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 All those opposed, resolution passes. I think that's worth hitting the gavel for. So thank you, everyone, for their excellent work. Our next item has to do with uh, West Marina dredging requests for four did, proposals. Did Chris want to come back up? <coughs> no. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, West Marina dredging, this is something that we've been working on for a number of years. Uh, you may or may not remember, we have a 10-year dredging permit in place to dredge the marina that allows us to dredge 109,000 cubic yards over the course of 10 years. Um, in 2017, we contracted with Puerto Washo. They removed roughly uh, about 13,000 cubic yards. So we have 96,000 cubic yards remaining in our permit uh, that we can remove from the West Marina. When we did our initial numbers, we figured that it was going to take about 90,000 cubic yards to get everything cleaned up to where uh, we didn't have docks floating and we had all the water that we needed uh, to make sure the boats were scrape on the bottom. So, um, and first of all, I'd like to apologize. One of the things that uh, started back in August was to hurry up and get this pushed through. So, I went through the draft really quickly. You get a little closer to the mic there. Sure. I went through the draft uh, really quickly um, and gave you the initial version and then sent that off to Eileen for review. She's re reviewed it and made some comments, so I'm not sure which version you're looking at. But uh, one of the things I wanted to do was make sure that we had it on this agenda so that we could discuss it and then we could uh, also look at uh, reviewing it during that time. But I just wanted to get this before the commission today because, uh, as you know, getting a, an RFP out uh, sometimes takes a while. And uh, the responses, the questions, the bids, there's a lot of research that needs to be done by contractors and that can take you know, 30, 45 days. So I wanted to hurry up and get that done so that we could uh, at very least have uh, an idea on a contract prior to our November 1 dread contract. So, um, if you look at the, the screens here, what you'll see, this is the bathymetry that was taken immediately after the Port of El Waco uh, did the dredging, uh, finished in January, February of 2018. So, this is the most recent bathymetry uh, we have Northwest Hydro is going to be coming in in October uh, to give us updated soundings, and that's going to basically give us the basis 
of our dredge numbers, how, more, how much we're going to need to remove over the course of the next few years. So, um, and then here are the priority areas. If you look uh, at the blue sections, and this is towards the north, uh, which is right on the North area is here, and then over on the east side. If you go back to the original, you can see that this is most red, and then here we have a lot of issues because we have uh, dirt and silt that's built up under the docks. But because it's built up under the docks, we're starting to have uh, docks floating at, at low tides. So my thought was, uh, it would be very good if we could just take one bite and get this all done at one time. The problem with that is when you're talking hydraulic uh, suction dredge contractor to come in here and remove 75,000 cubic yards of material, it's going to run you between $10 and $12 per cubic yard. So we're talking about $900,000 just to remove the material, not including mobilization. So because we just don't have that amount to throw at the problem initially, we're looking at trying to break this up into three years. So these are the, the priority areas that we're looking at. First is to get obviously the, the fuel dock area cleaned up not outside the, uh, the north end of the breakwater, then uh, down near dock A to get that done. Next year after that is to hit these uh, next two docks, and then the final three, uh, the year three is to hit these last two. So the hope was to get 20,000 cubic yards this year, 27,500 the year after that, 27,500 the year after that. So this is something that, uh, as far as the of maintenance goes, and these are numbers I've, I've talked about with the commission before, if we're not spending between $150,000 and $200,000 every year on dredging and, and piles and things, every year we don't do that, it stacks up. So we hadn't done that for a number of years, and so now we're sitting on a, a problem, talking about a $2 million problem between piles and, uh, and uh, dredging. So one of the issues that we're dealing with now is that we have $150,000 in the budget this year for marine that's not going to get us much, uh, especially when you're considering the fact that a contractor is likely going to charge you between twenty-five and fifty thousand dollars to mobilize to get here. So uh, when I was talking about this with Janice, what we decided is going to be best is to take the money that we had for dredging and also for the piles, put that into the budget for just dredging, and then we put the uh, RFP out for twenty thousand cubic yards and see what we. sure we have something scheduled every year for the next three years to get, uh, to get this cleaned up so it's usable. So, did you have a question? No. Um, and so the, the schedule that I was proposing is just here is to get this out uh, on, just as soon as possible, but to have a pretty good meeting uh, on September 17th. Question submissions by September 23rd, and then the bid opening, the actual opening of the bids from the contractors on Tuesday, October 1st, with the contract being awarded uh, about 10 days after that. So, uh, just some, some real quick notes on what we're dealing with here. Uh, the RFP is crafted in such a way that it doesn't really commit us to anything. Obviously, a contract would, but the RFP allows the port to just based on dollars. So, if we have funds available, we until we get into the contract. Uh, 
West Basin total until we get the most recent bathymetry, which is going to be in October. And then we'll have a really good idea as far as what we need to remove. So with that, I'll just open it up to questions. <coughs> First of all, somehow we need to shut off that flow of silt coming under, underneath those piling where they left that gap. It's, it seems like it's kind of counterproductive to dredge it out when it fills in with just a few months. Yeah, the, like last year in the corner over there, that filled in just about as fast as we dredged it out. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is that when this was designed, I've heard from numerous people that this was designed to be a self-scouring Marina. Well, if that's Doesn't the case, we wouldn't have to dredge. It's self-silting. Yes, it's self-silting. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, the last time that this was fully dredged, I mean, it was we're talking back in the 90s, so we really don't know. Uh, once we start getting some of those things, or some of the uh, material moved from under those docks, we really don't know the, the dynamics of it until that gets cleared out. So, once we get that material cleaned out, then we'll be able to tell kind of how we're still Didn't they dredge out clear to the corner last year? Uh, it was actually, yeah, February was out. I mean, most of it was, again, to go back here. They went to, you can see they just kind of scratched around here, but they was just trying to clean up these docks. Yeah. Just, they, we were really in a corner where the, the docks come out of the water low tide. Correct. And we have the same problem here right now. Okay. Time, and that's the same the situation. Not as bad as it was, but we still have a problem. So. The hole he was talking about is where? The hole. The hole that silt's coming through. Well, it's all it's, in the spring water here. Okay, so there isn't a hole in the, in the, in the breakwater. There's not There's, a hole. The way that it's okay. designed is it's piled okay. down. The sheet hole goes down so far it's supposed to be scouring okay. under that. But that's filled in some sections so the problem being if we can this is where you want to dredge out this year by the time we get ready to dredge another section next year this is filled in again until we do a corrective measure on that sheet pile I don't know how we're going to do it I don't I don't know that it would fill in that fast I mean, if you take into consider, in consideration the that we have not dredged in you know decade and a half there's obviously it's not filling in that quickly uh, but there are, I mean, obviously there's some, some areas that we need to dredge right now, and the priority is going to be here and then here, because that's where it's, it's worse. You can see just kind of on the, the scale, but it's very red here and then a little orange down here. So it gives you just an idea of the topography. So in terms of what you need from the commission, we need a commission approval for uh, to put the invitation to bid out? Correct. With the contingency that we have it fully reviewed for legal sufficiency. Did we go out the for an RFP last year? Because I was wondering how we ended up with the WACO, and then their equipment broke down about half the time. We did not go out for an RFP. We could work, because we are intergovernmental agencies, we could draft an IGA and we could work that way without having to go out for an RFP. So if we want a contract, we have to do an RFP because it's over the $100,000 threshold. Who would you anticipate being able to bid on a project of this size? Uh, I think you have a couple that you're going to be looking at. One is underwater earth movers out of Vancouver, Portland, and then Bergerson Construction. Bergerson Construction just dropped a good amount of money on a 10-inch hydraulic articulating suction dredge. They dropped a, you know, a good amount of money on that thing. And it's, uh, it's for 
production is, is pretty stout from what I understand. Is it true they can only dredge during outgoing tides that they pump it out into the outgoing uh, Columbia River? Correct. So the, that limits the time. The, the permit is written such that we have to do it on outgoing tide on, on hydraulic, uh, hydraulic flow. And so what that means is that you're going to have one uh, shift every day that you're going to be able to pump maybe seven hours and then another one that you're going to be able to pump maybe five because you have a long and a, and a short time. So you may be able to get 10 to 12 hours of, of work every day. I don't think they've ever got that many hours on on our dredge even out in front there on that flow line. I think it's it's I think a lot tougher with the with the central waterfront just because we're out in the river more. Um, and I, I would expect that um, if we did have somebody like Dorgerson here, they would be able to to maximize the efficiency. Is um, is this limited to one flow line dredging only? Not necessarily, no. We can adjust, and if they wanted to do dump scows, we could do that. There is some available. I don't know just where they're at, whether but they're small, like 300 yarders or something like that, that yeah. you can load with a backhoe and they, they move pretty fast. Yeah. And, and you can do that 24 hours a day. Sure. Yeah. And we could do that because the we have two different dump locations with our permit. One's right across the channel here. The other one's down near Pier 3. So if we did have dump scows, we could do that. Uh, my concern with that is that it's probably going to be relatively <coughs> expensive. I would think more expensive than, than a hydraulic section. But to get the party started, we need to um, put out I got an one invitation for it. I have a few more questions, too. It's just a quick one, Matt. Did I understand you to say we're not replacing any pilings then if we do this? Correct. And we had budgeted for 25 piles, did we not? $75,000, correct. Yeah. Uh, so what's the backup plan to keep the pilings from breaking and falling over? Well, the, the problem that we have is that uh, piles are in a bad condition, we're just going to have to replace those on an emergency basis. So uh, we could look at finding money and, and allocating it differently, but you have to understand is with the piles uh, and the condition that they're in the West Marina, we could do 100 of them tomorrow. And they're in bad. As I recall, 25 was the bare minimum we needed to keep up with decaying yeah. pilings in the marina. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of it. 25 a year. Well, that and that's just to, to get them all done. There's, there's several hundred that we wanted to get replaced. Correct. So I recall the discussion. Yeah. Sure. So it's it's really a matter of priorities, um, and I think that the the best way to move forward on this is to allocate everything that we can towards the dredging to get this at least underway, and then we do the piles as we as we can. In in view of that, and piggybacking on that, I, I would make every attempt possible for reallocation to continue to do the minimum required on the, getting the pilings in. And I have to look for the executive director for either contingency fund or unappropriated uh, balances that might be out there that could make up the difference. If we're only, are we talking what, uh, how many thousands of dollars were budgeted for the 25 pilings? 75,000. $75, for $14 million budget, we should find that money somewhere. Yeah, that's something that we can we can look at. I think um, the initial problem is, is obviously we want to get the most bang for our buck we can in doing the dredging. And so um, with 
the mob demob cost we were looking at, it doesn't make a lot of sense um, to stick within that $150,000. Um, there's incrementally quite a bit more work we can get done if we can extend that budget a little bit. And so the obvious item was, was within its own department, was cutting back on, on piling. But um, as the, the year moves on, maybe that's something we look at and, and figure out if there's um, other areas in the budget that we can take advantage of and, and throw some extra money at the marina. Mm. Well, for that. So, well, just as a last follow-up on that. So we will have the capability after a storm and an emergency to gather up equipment and replacement pilings and fix ones that snapped. Correct. We will have that capability. Correct. Okay. Thank you. And we've done that in the past. We've done it before. Yeah, the, well, that's typical management we've done before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, emergency pile replacement is a lot easier than emergency dredging. Okay, got it. Question. Is there any, I'm not familiar at all with dredging and pile replacement and stuff like that. We got five of them. I'm not familiar at all with the process of dredging and pile replacements and all that. If we just dredged, are we going to be repeating any of that work when we do the piling replacement? Okay. Okay, I think we're at a point where uh, we can have a motion for approval of the invita invitation to bid subject to further legal review. Is there a motion on the table? So I have some more questions. We can have, we can have further discussion. There's a motion. Is there a second? Second. Been moved and seconded. Further discussion, Commissioner Campbell. Um, what what did you have in for surveys? How much? What what is your estimation? I would say for both post and pre and post, you're talking about seven eight thousand dollars. How much? Seven or eight thousand. Uh, I really think you should have a mandatory walkthrough rather than non. Because that's kind of where we got. It says in the specs non-mandatory. Yeah, I'm saying we can. I can. Oh yeah. Put that in there. In there. Um, technical specs. I didn't see those in here. A lot of those are in the permit. Pardon? They're in the permit. They're in the permit. They're in the permit. Oh okay. Correct. Um, and where do you advertise it? We would advertise it uh, obviously in the papers uh, and then with. Uh, Probably the best place is a Journal of Commerce, Portland. Sure. And I see where the retainage is nothing after 50% of the yardage is complete. I don't think that's a good deal. Okay. Usually when the job's accepted, they get the retainage back after that. Yeah, and we can change that. I mean, it's, this is, again, something that I had sent to council and yeah. So if, if there's an amount of retainage that we want to retain, oh, I just need to, to know what that, that is. So. That's kind of what it's for, is to make sure the job is complete. Sure. Question. The agenda has it as we're discussing the request for proposal, which I read and I asked you a question on. Uh, when we walk in, we got a invitation to bid. Is there? This is an updated from copy from the uh, attorney review, the initial document that we were sent in 
our packet. Mm -hmm. That's what. Was, so yeah. that was the uh, additional. So are we? Is the motion for the request the REP or RFP or the invitation to bid? It's the invitation to bid. Okay. Is that correct? The invitation to bid was initial. Request for proposals was the revised. Okay. Oh. Question on the permit. You know, last year uh, the delay was caused when the Corps of Engineers took two to three weeks into November to issue. Uh, the permit are, are we going to have a problem like that this year? No, we have the permit. They are in we, hand. We in already advance. have advance. Okay. Yeah. We have a ten-year permit that we got back in 2017. What happened last year then? <laughs> no, different permit. <laughs> the, we have the West Marine and the Central Waterfront. Are different. Okay. The uh, <clears throat> the times three, the three-year dredging thing. By the time you mobilize and demobilize and uh, you do three three sets of surveys, have we really done the numbers on that to see how that balances out with the overall cost? Well, I know it's a budgetary thing. Yeah, as and, it, you know, if we look at that, I mean, obviously it would be uh, you're throwing away bird, probably a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I would say in the two extra dredgings. Yeah. It, but here again, it comes down to budget. Is that, yeah, it, it's going to be spending yeah. more money for sure. It would be much easier just to, to do it all at once. But if we don't have a million dollars to throw at it right now, these are our options. I have no more questions. Okay, there's a motion and a second on the table. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed, motion passes. Thank you. Next item um, is the executive director job description, and this is, will probably not be an action item on account of the fact that we've decided to wait until December. Um, so, with that, I think we can just, um, we still have it for commissioner review that can revisit that and can lay it on the table until December. Agree. Does that sound? Agreeable? Yes. Okay. We would need a motion to lay it on the table, I think. You want a motion? Yeah, just to lay it on so the table. So moved. Okay. Second? Second. Moved and seconded to uh, lay on the table the executive director job description. All those in favor say aye. 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 Motion passes. Um, with that, we'll move on to advisory, the finance committee application, executive director. Yes, this is something that Commissioner Spence had touched on briefly in his um, commission comments. Um, but per uh, last meeting's uh, approval of the bylaw changes that allows now for a standing finance committee, uh, we've put together an application for citizen members of that committee. And I know we've had some correspondence with uh, several folks who have shown an interest in applying um, to that committee. And so, um, those applications are available here tonight as well as at the port office um, or on the Port of Astoria website. Um, and per the bylaws, uh, all open citizen positions will be posted um, for application for at least 30 days. And so um, I think my recommendation for this is that um, 
we post this for 30 days or at which time um, we get enough applicants to fill the citizen positions. Um, and so I just publicly wanted to announce that this application is now available um, and that those can be turned in. Um, probably the best spot is to turn those in directly to the port office and we can route those um, to Commission Chair Roan. Um, so you have a copy of the application in your, in your packet. Uh, our staff put this together, had Commissioner Roan review it. Um, and so if, if other commissioners have uh, any input, um, we can still edit this, but I think we have a pretty good document here um, moving forward. I think we have a good document and um, we, I think I would encourage each of the commissioners, if you wish, to go out and try to, uh, to find people to fill in these applications that uh, you believe would be qualified. And then after we receive our applications, then we can use uh, whatever scrutiny this commission deems appropriate and making those decisions. Obviously, we're putting a premium on experience uh, in regards to uh, finance and related issues. Does that sound agreeable to everyone? Yes. No action is required. Um, the other item is a commission materials email list. So this is really a, a transparency issue. Um, that we wanted to get out in public and make sure um, that people understood. Um, obviously, we have regulations in terms of uh, our announcing of, of public meetings. Um, we're required to announce those at least five days in advance, um, and those get posted um, in the Daily Astorian newspaper as well as on the Port of Astoria website. Um, but additionally, we also have an email list um, that any, any people who wish to be included on that um, would get a copy of the meeting agenda as soon as it's available emailed to them. Um, and so if anyone is interested in, in getting that email rather than just um, waiting for it to come online, um, you can contact the office directly or email admin at portofastoria.com and we can include you in that email list. Um, additionally, the commission packet um, that the commissioners receive for each meeting um, is also available on the port website. And so um, if you receive the email copy of the agenda, it comes with a link directly to the commission packet. Um, so that's something we wanted to make clear isn't, isn't just for commissioners or a select few. Anybody who wishes to be a part of that, uh, we can include you on the email list um, and you can be apprised of meeting information as, as, soon, of, as soon as everybody else receives it. Um, and so we put this on the agenda uh, to make sure this was out in the public and we can also post an announcement on the website um, letting folks know that we do have that email list available. That's a good move. And can you make it, uh, I haven't uh, reviewed it, but make it uh, very obvious and easy to access from the port website. Um, kind of one of the genesis of this is I was attending a different meeting for a different committee and uh, somebody who was a participating said, well, let me know when it's important and uh, then I'll come to your meeting. And uh, so we're supposed to guess what's important to different people, which is, um, so I, I believe this is a, the most responsible approach to trying to connect with people who feel they have an interest in the port or want to be apprised of what is on our agenda. So um, 
Yeah, and I've, I've received some of that same feedback from interested parties and various items that appear on our agenda who've been frustrated that um, they weren't notified of the agenda item. That's obviously difficult to, to do sometimes of, of judging which parties will be interested in a particular item. And so um, I think the best course of action is to have that email list and those who want to be involved or, or have an interest in what's going on at the port can get on the email list um, and then they'll receive that information as soon as it's available. Thank you. With that, we can move on to our strategic plan update. So this is an item we've had on the agenda, I think, over the last few months, and we're going to keep on there until ultimately we get a strategic plan done. And so um, obviously the big update would be that we have our town hall meetings scheduled for tonight, Wednesday night, and then Thursday night. Tonight we'll be at 6 o'clock over at the Astoria Library. Tomorrow night's at 5 o'clock at the Seaside Library, and then Thursday will be at 6 o'clock at the Napa Fire Station. Um, additionally, Mary MacArthur, who has been contracted to work on this strategic plan, um, has returned um, from vacation. And so um, the idea moving forward is that um, we'll be presenting at these town hall meetings and hopefully receive uh, some good feedback from the community. Um, and we'll take that feedback along with feedback I've received from um, a few different commissioners um, and in the next week, we'll be putting all that stuff together um, into hopefully what is a final document um, that we can get approval for. So that's sort of where we're at. I've got some questions about the feedback um, commissioners have, have given me and whether that's made it to the document. Um, and I wanted to be careful that um, we didn't have 12 different versions at various stages. Um, I think the best course of action will be to sort of put everything together with all the comments we've received, both from the commission um, and from the town hall meetings. Um, and put that together in a, in a comprehensive way that makes sense. And, and I'll be working, I'm sure, with Mary on that here in the next week or so. I'd like to add to that that, in my opinion, we've, the board of Astor has contracted with Mary so that we have an, uh, a, a document that is acceptable in the eyes of the state of Oregon and helpful to us and helpful to the state and all parties. So um, it's my opinion that Mary, working with Will, take all that input and decide what is the, the best course of action with that input so that we don't negate um, some concerns that should be addressed in the plan that may be important to the state. So I can hear it. Um, with that, um, public comment for non-agenda items is an opportunity Mary, do you have anything you'd like to add? See you tonight. See you tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I uh, really appreciate all your hard work. And it's kind of exciting that we're at this stage where we can, we can, uh, where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. A public comment. This is an opportunity to speak to the commission for three minutes regarding four concerns not on the agenda items. Those wishing to speak must fill out a public comment form. Don't believe I have any more. With that executive director comments. The only additional thing I had to add um, was that we do have Logan Hollers, who's an aide with uh, Senator Merkley's office, who will be here tomorrow morning. Um, I know a couple commissioners um, have said they'll they'll be there for that. Um, their time is a little bit limited. The plan is they'll arrive here at the port office at 8 a.m. Um, and then they have to be out of here by 9 a.m. Um, I think the general intent 
uh, of the visit is is probably informational. Um, Logan had requested to, to come out here and kind of get eyes on the on the port facilities and and maybe do a little walkthrough of some of the central waterfront area. Um, at this point, I don't I don't plan on laying it on them too hard. All of the ports um, problems. Um, if if they specifically ask um, for ways that they can help, I think we can address that. But um, I, I want to be careful with that and make sure that this visit is seen as a as a positive experience and uh, we can. Um, show them some of the facility and, and some of the good things we have going on around here. So um, look forward to seeing some of the commission there tomorrow morning um, and we'll kind of put them real quickly through the through the ringer here at the port and and uh, get them out of here by 9 a.m. And uh, we can certainly hopefully have a, an ongoing relationship and um, hopefully they'll come and they'll they'll come again and um, help us resolve some some issues that may be of interest to uh, our region and to their office. Uh, any other comments? That's all I had. All right. Um, upcoming meeting dates, regular session is September 17th at 4 p.m. and then also October 1st. And hopefully we'll see everybody starting tonight for our open house strategic plan meetings. Meetings is adjourned. <laughs>